Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we are recapping What If Episode 9 and full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here. And I am here with the Guardian of Multicast, Tommy Pizzullo. How are you, man? I'm doing very good. Uh, it's been a week, but it's over. Now I get to talk to my good friend, Michael. How could it be better? Exactly. This is, uh, look, it's time for a little therapy session, right? We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about what if here. And Tommy, I'm just going to say it. I don't want to be a, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be too negative this episode, but I, I'm glad the show's over. I like it. It just, uh, we're just putting a nail in it. Season one's done. Uh, they know what they need to work on. And uh, look, it's just kind of a relief. Uh, it, it ended in an all right fashion. I'm not too upset. So uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. It's not my favorite, but I don't think it was supposed to be. Like, I think it was what it was. Uh, it got to show a lot of comic book history in a TV show that I think a lot of comic book fans appreciate. Uh, did it take a lot of jumps and did it frustrate me at times? Yes. Do I know that it's not the case for everyone? Yeah. Like, I know people who love Party Thor episodes. They have it, like, in their top three. For me and you, not so much. Uh, this episode, I am like, yeah, I, I think it l hit the landing. I was nervous a couple times. Like, I think I messaged you early on. I was like, I'm rolling my eyes at this episode. But uh, I am excited to talk about it. And I have a thought of like, I think today I, I realized the, the question, like, uh, what if the Watcher breaks his oath? I think what we thought was the oath, him breaking, was not. And I think that's the intriguing part of this episode. And I would like to talk about later on. Yeah, I think I think my biggest complaint again, I, I enjoyed this finale, um, I, but I do think my biggest complaint with it is that I don't know that they're doing anything like different or special here. Right. Like I, I like we we've seen this before. Right. And and not even the so much like, uh, yeah, we have like it's basically just Thanos and the Avengers all over again. Um, with like slightly different characters. Like, I don't think that they brought us anything new. And, and I think that's what I would like to see in season two is like, again, like a lot of the characters were basically rehashes of the other ones. It's like, when you see them stand together, they do that cool shot. That's kind of like the original Avengers where you kind of like pans across all the Avengers as like stand and prepare to fight. Um, I'm like this, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, uh, they're not, it's not a huge stretch here. And maybe that was a good call for season one where they didn't want to like break the formula too much. They want to stick with what they know works. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I would like to see more. And I think the big thing is like, give us like new characters, right? Uh, like like uh, T'Challa, he's the same person in this. He just has the Star-Lord helmet. Um Captain Carter is probably the most different. Gamora is the same here. Um, See, I, I differ with you on a couple of those. I think T'Challa isn't in a way because it's like the T'Challa, it depends. It is it is uh, similar to the T'Challa we see at the end of Black Panther, but like he's a different T'Challa in the sense that the, the, the one we know from Black Panther was kept in a bubble and told that the outside world is scary. And this other one is the one where it's like, no, the world is your oyster. You can do. And so, like, I think I agree with you, but I do see differences in how Chadwick Boseman did voice the character and how they wrote it as well. And so I do guys like I'm not trying to say that you're, you're wrong here, but I do think that there is slight uh, this. I would like to see more. I agree with you. I think that's why something we've talked about. I think our favorite episodes are the ones that 
take a go on a completely different story. You know, my least favorite, I think, is probably the Captain Carter one. And it's not because I don't like Captain Carter, I don't like that actress and all that other jazz. I just felt like that character was very similar to Captain America, and I did not feel like we got too many differences in that storyline. You know. Well, let's go ahead and dive in the episode here because we do. We start off with Captain Carter, and I think uh, we get like a snippet of like what I loved about the Captain Carter episode, which and maybe it does like it, I, maybe it isn't that different from Captain America, but I think uh, I think Captain Carter brings the same things into the show that I love about Captain America more than anybody else, and that's like a lot of her like badass fighting techniques. Like I don't know what it is about like the choreography and her fighting, especially in this open scene. We basically get like a rehash of like the opening of uh, Winter Soldier where she's hunting down Batrock, um, which is a very cool scene in, in that movie, but also a very cool scene here. Like, uh, like uh, I don't know. I just love seeing Captain Carter in action. I, I have a lot of fun with it. And like that character, every time I, I, I love the actress's voice. Like she, she just fits that role so perfectly. And uh, this is one of the cases where it's like, I would have been pretty upset if it was a different character that, that voice uh, Peggy Carter here, because it's like, that she is synonymous with the character and there's a there's like a welcomingness to her voice if you know what i mean yeah totally um and so basically what we're getting here is we're getting uh the watcher hunting down all of these members to join the uh guardians of the multiverse and uh i don't know did anything stick out here i, I thought it was interesting like a lot of like the questions we had like oh it's gonna be really cool to see like ego and peter quill interact we get a little bit of that and like uh uh when they were about to like uh, confront killmonger we got a little bit of that like it was kind of like picking up right where all the episodes ended so was, was there anything that really stood out to you uh it confirmed for me that most likely most of those shows are not going to be in season two i think really the only ones you're going to get is is captain carter maybe i think there's one other one i heard that potentially uh but i don't know i, I do you want to talk about gamora here and what potentially could have happened with that i i know from what i know i know why we got very little of gamora yeah i i i what it seems like to me at least if i were to guess um is gamora was possibly the missing 10th episode <laughs> that was supposed to be in this series is that kind of what you're getting at yeah and there's a little more if you don't want to know anything about this uh specific type things maybe jump ahead like 30 seconds uh basically from what i've heard uh the episode got cut the gamora episode got cut because it's too similar to guardians of the galaxy 3 that's what i've heard oh interesting so uh that that makes sense I, like i feel like there was like new stories like around the uh beginning of the show that were kind of like well they had some issues with production especially with like uh all the covid stuff going on so, but I don't really buy that either. Like, I think an animated show is the show that you can do during the pandemic. So I don't know about that. About the production side? Yeah, right. And I, I think I think you are probably on to something that's probably more accurate there. Um, yeah. So. And, and I don't know what that means. You know, we get a little bit of Gamora. We see that she kind of went off on her own. And maybe that's the side of it that they were saying is too similar. Because, like, you know, not to get too into the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 speculation, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of, like, they're looking for more. She's doing her own thing and that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think this was fun. I don't know if you – I think probably they would have wished to just cut her out completely, but you probably couldn't in this episode because it's, like, you know, it's already made. It's hard to, to really cut out a key character here, so. Right, right. So, um, uh, so we also – yeah, we get, we get Killmonger. We get Party Thor. Um, we get T'Challa. 
Uh, I don't want to like rehash my hate for Party Thor here, but I think the worst part was when he got pulled out and he's screaming like a baby. I'm like Party Thor, stop it! Party Thor is the worst, but he's supposed to be the worst. You know, especially after we find out that the Watcher had this all planned. It's like everyone was supposed to do their key. He knew Party Thor was going to be the worst. He knew Party Thor was going to throw fits. He was going to be outrageous. That's what he's supposed to, he was supposed to draw attention. That was exactly what Party Thor was supposed to do. And so I guess I can live with that. If this is the end of Party Thor and we never have to see him again, okay. Yeah. So they get pulled to the pub and the Watcher explains to them that they are the perfect the perfect combination of skill and experience, which again, I don't really buy that. Like, like here's my, here's my thing with party Thor. Um, like he's not that different. The only difference between him and Thor is like party Thor is a bit more of a jokester and like goofs off a bit more. So why didn't they, why didn't like they pull in the regular Thor? Why did, what, how is he the perfect member for this team? Well, because Ragnarok Thor at least has some heart. So I feel like he probably wanted to do as much. He has a little more intelligence than Party Thor. Party Thor has no intelligence, Michael. Party Thor is not... Ragnarok Thor, our Thor, is not going to shoot lightning into the air right when they get to the, the abandoned planet that they specifically say that, hey, he knows there's no life here. Uh, right? They just lost all the heart in Party Thor. There's no heart there. Yeah, and you said that he's supposed to be like this, which are, but like for me, it's like they wanted us to like laugh at this kid. Like they knew they they were creating a comedic character here, and I just they kept fell flat. Like no, I, I, I thought he was a little bit better this time around, but it's still like a lot of eye rolling moments. I think with a group, he works better than as a singular character. I think with a group, you get the blend and you see the other ones. Like, the little lightness of the comic from there isn't too much for me. When you got people like uh, Peggy Carter, who, again, I, I love the character. didn't like the episode, but I love the character. I love the interactions between uh, Peggy Carter's character and Sorcerer Supreme. Or, uh, and, yeah, like Doctor Strange's Supreme is, like, he was probably one of my favorite parts of this episode. I really liked him interacting with the other characters. Yeah, so I want to talk about this here. This is one of the weird things that probably would have been explained in this 10th episode, but we get the Infinity Crusher here. Tommy, what do you think of the Infinity Crusher? It was interesting. I mean, aren't there other ways to destroy the Infinity Stones? Just get yourself a Scarlet Witch. Aren't they lying around all the time? That's, that's what we use. Uh, it was cool. I liked its little, like, sparkly legs, and it, like, it moved very quickly. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> like what are you doing over there? Yeah, I was like, I just thought it was very convenient they happened to have, like, a contraption that could, like, I'm like, and, and I guess she explains later on that, like, um, oh, this only works for the stones in our universe, so maybe maybe it was that simple there, but I don't know. It just feels like maybe there shouldn't be a contraption that can do that. My prediction was it was it, it was probably, like, an elaborate journey, you know, maybe it was, like, maybe it was, like, Lord of Rings. It took three movies, they had to go up to the mountains. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it was, like, what kind of what we saw at the end, I think they most likely they probably got the assistance of uh, the guy played by Peter Dinklage uh, to build it, and and that's how they defeated Thanos. Maybe we'll never know. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, I that I will not I will not gripe about that. Um, <laughs> so uh, we also we we go they're I, they're kind of like uh, I don't know they're they're like hanging out. They do a toast here. Um, I thought it was cool when they did this toast. They all had like uh, different drinks that kind of matched their characters. Like Party Thor had like his mug of beer, and 
Doctor Strange had his, um, I guess, his margarita. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, Peggy Carter was a like a like a pina colada kind of girl. That's what I was seeing. I, I like that. Uh, yeah, I love this whole scene. I don't know why. Like the pub was fun. I liked that. First of all, Doctor Strange made it uh, look for Peggy Carter. You know, you got Steve on the wall. Like that was just a fun moment. The the heart of this was like the whole like Steve and Peter thing a little, or Peter and Steve and then Peggy thing. But I like that. You know, he did that for her. And then I think uh, the drinks was really. Fun. It was a good character moment to show there personalities yes yes so uh i did appreciate that let's talk about let's talk about when we first see ultron here so um he kind of shows up in the sky and like i don't i don't like ultron's so powerful like i feel like like we see him like he's like peering over the planet as if like he's a giant kind of like he was when he like ate the universe why didn't he eat this planet yeah <laughs> I mean, uh, I, yeah, I won't well, get too gripey, but I, like some of the stuff I was like, Ultron, like, I don't know, like kind of back to what Kyle was saying last week. I don't know that you guys should be able to stop him. Well, that's the thing, right? Is like the thing with Ultron and, and it also like leads to questions of like, could Vision have been this powerful? Could Vision have just sliced Thanos? Like the problem whenever you have like someone come in and it's like, well, now they're the biggest tough guy and we just yada yada all those past guys they defeat them they they don't matter this is a new it's like then you just create more questions of like well then why was that so difficult if <laughs> that was like you know uh which is another thing that i worry about for the series is like is thanos going to become this like butt of the joke all the time <laughs> when we spent like literally years years waiting up for thanos fearing and like uh waiting for his like ultimate attack so yeah i i agree with you um the next i mean like the next 15 minutes of this episode really is just a big fight scene um i guess we can kind of just talk about like some of the highlights here i i did like um uh it, it, i did like for instance they brought in the zombies the zombies are kind of used against uh i, I kind of wish that we had like one of the zombies characters because that was one of my favorite things about that episode i felt like like you have uh you have Spider-Man and the Doctor Strange cape, and then you have uh, uh, you get Ant-Man's head in a jar. Like I don't, I felt like they could have like brought in one of the zombies characters here, rather than just like, hey, here's all the zombies attacking Ultron. Yeah, this was intriguing to me. Like they're basically playing like a giant game of like keep the Soul Stone away from uh, Ultron, and it did seem that they brought almost like I think every episode was recognized in some way. Uh, in this episode which like maybe a little too cute for some it's fine for me but yeah i like the marvel zombies i agree with you i wouldn't mind seeing uh some of the characters or at least like maybe we get the zombie i guess they kind of killed all the zombie avengers but maybe we see like a little zombie team up and they try to beat ultron i liked that scarlet witch was like his big plan uh to to fight against ultron uh and i did like that like he reckoned uh she recognized vision that was a, a fun moment but yeah, I, I think Marvel Zombies was probably one of the higher episodes for me. So I wanted more. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I hope that at least uh, this means that uh, it's more likely that we get a sequel to that, uh, that we didn't see it here. So uh, look, I'm just crossing my fingers for that. I'm just chasing that. And th I think that's the thing about Marvel Zombies. And like, it's what I loved about Marvel Zombies. What I didn't like about this is Marvel Zombies was so different. Like we, we've never seen anything like that before. Like we've never seen that type of foe. So like, it, I don't know. It was like a completely different 
type of like excitement and battle. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get to see a lot of worlds when they're defeated, right? I feel like the only time we've ever seen a loss is, you know, with Thanos when he snapped the fingers. Because you can't, once you do a loss, you can't redo it. So the thing with the what if is I do like that we're seeing a lot of these, like, failure situations. Because, like, yeah, you can do that and there's no repercussions because you can just say, oh, it's another universe. <laughs> Throw it over there. Right, right. Um, was there anything else that really... I- I, I'll, I'll talk about this. What about uh, Strange like multiplying Thor's hammer? Like that, that was kind of cool, right? Everything Strange was incredible. Like I, I love yeah. that character here. I loved like the little bits. Like I even loved like he was still having trouble controlling all these like demons inside of him. Now, like you see the tentacles throw out at different times. Uh, yeah, I like the Thor hammer thing. I, I, I actually think they worked really well as a team, and that's the thing. Like I think this episode for me. I a lot of these rolly eyes was like stuff like this where I'm like this just doesn't make sense and like specifically like Killmonger just didn't make sense to me especially when I see that like Thor gives him the alternate head I'm like what are people doing and I think it's one of those episodes that after I watched I had a whole different perspective on it and I think it's actually an episode you you people may like more on a second watch and I think this is one of those situations I like seeing the team up and I liked seeing how each of them were chosen specifically to get that soul stone away and then later on to do what you know what was going to happen yeah I, I don't know if they completely nailed that for me like i i still felt the team like i i like everyone kind of had something to do i don't think killmonger did too much like he like i felt like he was more of a detriment than a help to the team like we didn't see him actually fighting too much well yeah um, that's the point he, he wasn't for his whole reason to be on the team was because of what he does later on Watcher predicted that. Well, not predict. He saw it. Like he knew that. He, you know, that's the thing to me that makes this episode. I don't know if you like it because it's almost like it doesn't even matter, right? It's all pre-detestant. Uh, yeah, it's pre-detestant. Is that the word? I'm gonna double down. Predetermined. On it. Predetermined. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what about what about like uh, like I feel like strange supreme here he was so like he put that protection spell on everybody and like i mean i guess you needed that backbone of the team but i I felt like he was like i posted a meme on our instagram this week that was uh the 100 percent uh guardian strength was like all of them and then 99 percent of the strength was uh dr strange so well i agree with you on that i don't i'm not saying the team had to be equal I'm just saying they all had a part. Now, now, was the majority of the protection, the fighting, everything else, Doctor Strange? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, hey, completely fair. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, uh, there was a lot of really cool visuals in this fight scene, especially when they like they like jump to a new universe at one point. And this is where they they meet the Black Widow from like the the yeah that universe or or Ultron's original universe. Um, but there was like some real like uh like uh when I don't know there's just like there was like they like zoomed out of and they like showed the universe and I don't even remember what point this happened maybe it was like when uh Ultron lost one of the stones or something but he like explodes for a second and it like shows the whole galaxy like I thought that was really cool there was a scene where where the soul stone was on the ground and I, it was almost reminiscent of what we saw in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when we're like watching the battle and the reflection of the shield and uh like it just kind of holds on an object while there's like fighting going on around it i always think that's a really cool mechanic so like don't get me wrong like i thought some of the like there was some really cool set pieces 
in this episode. Yeah, it's hard to recap fighting, but I would definitely go back and and if you haven't watched the fight, go watch the fight. Because, yeah, I think it was, like, really cute, cool fights. There's a couple animation gripes I have, but, like, again, they have a budget. I completely understand. (laughs) You do what you got to do, and I still think they went there and and took some risk. And uh, I think this was really interesting. I liked the Black Widow introduction because of them connecting Civil War uh, with Peggy Carter and just like, again, just putting that connection of like, Hey, she's close to black widow. That's why she, that's why Peggy Carter is here to connect that. And like also her other stuff. Don't worry. Peggy was there for multiple reasons, but yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I don't know anything else. Like we kind of get to the point, um, uh, there's just, there's a lot of fighting going on, but we, we get to the point where, uh, Black Widow pulls out the the USB arrow from last week, and I will say, like between this and like some of the stuff we saw at the beginning, I, I felt like they wrapped they were wrapping some of the stories up pretty well. Like I, I don't feel like there was any loose threads, um, and this was one of them where where she pulls this arrow back out. How do you feel about all this? Yeah, I thought this was cool. It was also like just fun to see the chemistry between Black Widow and uh, Peggy Carter here where they're like, yeah, like you grab it. Like they're like tag team to get this arrow inside of uh, Ultron's head. It was sick. Uh, while also everything else, like this was probably one of the coolest parts of the fight is like, it's hyped. Like you see Dr. Strange, he's holding, like everyone's trying to keep Ultron there so that Peggy could get up and, and take off his helmet. Uh, yeah. I think like this was cool to bring back the arrow. Obviously I had, Theory, I the whole I said last week I was like, why are they trusting Zemo? Like, I get it, you have not a lot of options, and at least you can kind of reason with Zemo over Ultron. So, like, if you got if you got to choose between two bads, I think you would choose Zemo to rule the world over Ultron, right? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, Zemo would have like dance parties and stuff. So. <laughs> Zemo. Oh, we're talking about Zemo. That's a big I, dance. I meant, I meant uh, what's his name? Stomach guy. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I was like, I don't anything I right said about Zemo is about uh, Zola. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My bad, guys. <laughs> I swear I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, very similar days, but um, yeah, Zola. Zola has some interesting stuff going on here. So after they like upload Zola, um, uh, like we get Vision. And like you just see Zola like on his chest, like like I feel like they really need to like incorporate his face somewhere. So they just like showed Zola's face on his chest. Well, that's an Easter egg. That's his oh, original. It? That's so Zola's original thing was a camera on the top, and then his face was like on the stomach part of it. So that was like that was actually a cool thing for me. But I totally get if you don't know that reference, you're like, why is his stomach just like have a, a Zola face on it? Yeah. So I, I want to say this. Like I know, like last week, you meant, like and again, you've mentioned that Zola might not be the best person to use here. I, I think it made sense in their universe originally when they had like no other hope. Really, like I, I think that like being their last resort, it made sense. Like I feel like they could have found a way to defeat him without it. But I don't know. Like watching all this play out, I actually really like the decision. Like I think it makes like I mean, obviously, there's like a lot of like just like science and magic stuff you have to get over like and not like ask too many questions about but i don't know i thought i thought it made a lot of sense that zola would be able to like deconstruct uh vision slash ultron here yeah i mean i i like the decision of zola like in the sense that like what i was just saying about zima but with zola like it they, they like i think zola is easier to even if zola turns on you right like let's say he turns and he becomes the new ultron ruler he's at least a, a human that you can reason with as opposed to Ultron, who's a program who, who's, who's got his, you know, his mission 
and there's not much you can really do there. Uh, I do think like, I agree with you. There's probably other ways, but I think at that point they're in the middle of battle. She sees the arrow. It's that split second decision. She just had to do it. You know, think about the consequences later of Zola running Ultron's body now. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it here. Um, yeah, not a, not a whole lot more left to say on all this. Um, I guess we could talk about Killmonger's little decision. You know, um, when he like took the suit and took all the stones, and he was like, "Hey, we could use this to like restore our universes." I was like, "Hell yeah, you can! This is a great idea." Once, like, uh, look, I, I I think that like uh, what made Killmonger great in Black Panther is a lot of people could get behind his cause, and I felt like here more so in his original episode, I was like, "Hey, you're making sense, man." But that's the thing, Michael. He's tricked you too. He is making sense, but that's, he's so charming. He tells you like, yeah, we're going to use this, but then he has other plans. He's going to go do other stuff. Killmonger can't stop because he told Tony the same thing. He's like, Tony, we're going to, us two, we're going to, we're going to clean this world with these, with these robots. And Michael, if you, if you joined him, you would end up just like Tony. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm part of like Killmonger's cult here, but uh, <laughs> like he always makes sense to me. Was, uh, I really hated his original episode because I didn't think a lot of his motivations made sense. But this time I was like, all right, all right. Hey, I hear you. Yeah. Well, and it was inter- interesting. Like I said, he was tinkering with the Ultron suit the whole time. So I'm like, there's something coming with Killmonger. Like this has to t- happen. And I-, I like this little battle here where basically uh, Killmonger like absorbs Ultron's suit into himself. And then Zola's like, hey, that's my suit. And then they just, everyone just keeps fighting. Like, Ultron was there for a second, was fighting. Then Zola's fighting. And they're all fighting over the Infinity Stones and the suit, but mostly the Infinity Stones. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Infinity Crusher turned out to be a bunch of nothing. Like, uh, that didn't work, did it? But I kind of like it because it did get our hopes up. And then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work because these are Infinity Stones from another uh universe so it would only work on the stones from their universe fair 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 enough (laughs) i'll take it um but yeah i agree with you there and and this is the part that i would like to talk about a little bit more where dr strange kind of realizes that this was all supposed to happen watcher wanted this to happen and knew it was going to happen he didn't break any oath this was all supposed to happen with this universe because he go comes down grabs the stones he just needed the stones separated Grabs all, Killmonger, Zola, Ultron, and uh, should we come up with a nickname for Zoltron? I mean, that's kind of already a thing, but... Is that like a, I've never heard of that. I like it. I think it's a Power Ranger type. Isn't that like the suit they make, isn't it? I don't know. Either uh, way. I don't know. Uh, I mean, neither. It, like if it this. isn't, if it isn't, I came up with it. If it is, then yeah. it was Michael that came, that copyrighted Zolt. We'll edit the podcast accordingly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of this of of Watcher's master plan of Doctor Strange figuring it out? Um, I I think I like um, yeah, I think it made sense. I mean, it made sense that he was able to figure that out. What I found more fascinating is kind of like in the finale of this character, we kind of find out that uh, I mean, the Watcher's kind of setting him up to be another Watcher, right? Is is Doctor Strange a, a Watcher now? Well, but he's just watching them. <laughs> like, I I don't think he's watching all the universes. I think he's just, he's from what I understood, he's just going back to his dimension, just holding these two, and is just watching them. So I'm like, why did he agree to that? Like, I feel like he could have got a better deal, no? Yeah, he should have a couple extra universes to watch as well. Yeah, or at least be able to be in a nice universe while he's watching over. 
yeah. Like, everybody kind of got a happy ending here, except for for Doctor Strange. But he seemed totally cool with it. He's like, I'm, because he's just like almost, because he figured it out. Like, he was almost just happy he figured out the Watcher's plan. Yeah, like uh, Black Widow here, which I, I really like this ending for Black Widow. Um, Black Widow is able to cut a deal. Like, like uh, look, my universe sucks. And he's like, uh, and actually, I mean, uh, Strange was in a worse situation than, than Black Widow was, but um, still Black Widow kind of got to redeem. I, and this was like, I didn't even really think about it when I was throughout the episode where like, where, where it was like, what if all the Avengers died that episode? Like, I didn't see how that guy like tied into anything, but then we got it here at the end where, where uh, he plugs uh, Black Widow back into that universe and, and they get their Black Widow back. So this is the thing that I've been kind of hinting at. To me, this is the situation that is the question. What if Watcher breaks his oath? Putting Black Widow into another universe, to me, is that. Not the whole stuff of bringing them all together and all that. It was that specific decision not to put her back in her universe. Yeah, I mean, what what do you make of all that? Like, uh, uh, I don't... I, I thought, like, again, he's kind of... He's intervening again, right? Like, he's already gone this far. I might as well do more. Um, I don't know. Is there, like, a greater plan here, do you think? I mean, no, but it's definitely, like... I think it's a big deal. Like, if there was no Black... Like, if you were a whole new Avengers, no Black Widow, and you introduce another Black Widow, I mean, that changes that whole universe drastically. More than all the other ones, because the other... you Like, what he did here, nothing really changed. If he brought Black Widow back to her universe, it's all cool. Ultron still fizzles out just like he was supposed to in that universe. That universe is not blanket. This is the only thing that has actual repercussions. Fair. And, and the people there, like... uh uh. uh... Uh, Nick Fury's like, hey, you're you're not my Black Widow, but you have the same spirit. Like, he kind of took it pretty well. He seemed totally cool about the multiverse. Yeah, he did not have any questions about the fact there's multiple Black Widows. That was the only thing I do. I like. I realized it was the end of the episode. They just had a yada yada. But I was like, if if someone listen, Michael, knock on wood, something happened to you, and then one day another Michael comes in and is like. I'm here from another universe. I want to just be like, oh, perfect. Now, okay, I know you're not my Michael, but you know what? You'll do. Come on in and, and podcast. I would have so many more questions. Yeah, I mean, look, you should just be grateful that I showed up, right? Yeah, maybe that's what the Michael would say, and then I'd be like, oh, you're right. I guess I shouldn't. That's kind of rude of me to ask questions of you. You're just trying, coming to help me. Uh, exactly exactly so um do you think what, what's interesting about this universe to me is we got uh captain america we have captain marvel and i like to call this black widow captain russia because uh, she has this shield um do you think that uh do you think we could get like the captain's episode of season two where we get more of the story maybe like like a round like a king arthur in his round table but it's all people with shields like the captains could see it. yes Put your shields in. I, I guess Captain Marvel doesn't have a shield, though. Uh, Captain Marvel needs to get one. All right, Captain Marvel will get a shield, and then they'll be, like, the captains with their shields. Hey, uh, Captain Marvel's shield would look pretty cool. Like, her little logo on the shield and that color scheme. Like, I'm down mm. for it. What if it's, like, a cosmic shield? Like, it's more just an energy shield. Like, almost like a Doctor Strange type thing. Oh, that would be cool. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> um... Yeah, um, I want to talk about this. Uh, Tommy, can you explain what happened to me in the post credit scene? What happened to you? Uh, you were watching the episode, and then... Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I... to me, this is why... This just 
confirms Watcher didn't interfere because he knew that she had a bigger plan. And and to me, this is we're getting the Winter Soldier version of the Steve Rogers. We're getting the the that's what I took it as. Interesting, because I I didn't I didn't really make it like I was like, why is this the like I didn't think it was a big deal. Like I was like, what's going on here? But I and guess that might, makes sense. Yeah, it might not be. I think it just. From what we know of right now, it at least shows that there is more that happened to Steve once she left. And that's probably what she's going to explore in season two. Completely fair. Um, but that does kind of take us to the end of the episode here, Tommy. Do you have anything else? Like any, uh, did we miss anything? No, like I said, I think it was a good episode. It's hard to recap these fighting heavy episodes because it's like, fighting is great. We're not, we're not going to have many gripes about the fights. Uh and I think the other stuff for me, there were some emotions, some character arcs that were actually cool. Like in a show that was kind of just one-offs, it was cool to get some of, uh, to see some of the character arcs come through. Yeah, I know we we expressed some skepticism last week of like, uh, do like does this make the show better that they're all coming together? Um, and I I think they stuck the landing. Like I, maybe it's not perfect, but I I, I I'm glad it happened. I think because they all went back to their specific universes, I'm okay with it. I would have liked for their memories to be wiped, honestly, uh, because I, I, I feel like them having knowledge. Again, if I found out there was a multiverse, my whole existence would now be trying to learn more about it, trying to understand it, trying to process it, trying to control it in a way. Maybe I'm evil. Maybe I'm the new, maybe there's a what if out there. What if Tommy can control the, the multiverse? Season two is right around the corner, Tommy. We'll see. Uh, all right, Tommy. I, uh, wait, that was a quick recap, but I'm not too worried about it because I, I think we have we have some good news stories here, and I'm excited to talk about them. Tommy, we got a bomb dropped on us uh, this week. There is a spinoff of WandaVision in the works starring Agatha Harkness. Whoa. It was what, her what? all. It was Agatha all the time, all along. <laughs> exactly, Tommy. What do you make of this? Is this, is this something you're excited about? <sighs> yeah, I guess. I love the actress. Uh, I would like a prequel. I think more than a sequel. If it's going to be that, I would rather have like. But it's weird because we already got a lot of it in a very quick form, but we we got a lot of it in in the Wild Division. Uh, I think a sequel would be weird. Like, how did she already get woken up? Like, they made a big deal of like, oh, she's sleeping in this in town, and you know, she's just a normal citizen. I could see it ending with that. I could see like it's a prequel, and then it ends with her being rewoken because they need her help to solve the multiverse. I could see that. Or, or Wanda wakes her up to be like, hey, I need your help to get my kids back. I can put you back to sleep, but you have to help me or else. Yeah, see, I'm I'm typically pro sequel and rather than prequel. Like I, I I prefer to take step forwards than backwards with these types of shows. But I do see the benefits. I think it would be cool either way. Um, here's my gripe though, it feels a it feels a little bit like they're pandering to the audience. Like I, I don't know. Like for instance, um, uh, I, here's my tangent, right? So last year we had Disney Plus Day, and Disney Plus Day was basically what inspired me to want to start this podcast because they unleashed like so many different future Star Wars and Marvel TV shows, and like I was super excited for this stuff, right? Um, what uh, and, and like this Agatha show was not within that, right? Like I felt like they kind of had a timeline and they had a plan. 
And like, so I guess my question is like, are they going to push off some of those projects to kind of pander to the fans because they know they like Agatha Harkness? Like, are, are they disrupting what they already had in store for us to tell this story? I guess that's my big question here. When is this coming? Um, how is it coming? Um, like, as long as it, like, like, I just want it to make sense for the Marvel universe and what, like, don't, don't go off the tracks too much here. Right. Uh, just stick with what, you know, stick with the plan and, uh, like, uh, don't worry about what, what we think. Right. Like, I know we all loved Agatha Harkness, like, like the big Agatha all along, that was a meme. And I think they're kind of like memifying uh, these series at this point. Like they just, they, they want to pander to us and I, I'm worried about that. But, but Michael, who has the money? The people. It, their business. Sure. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, and it's a foolish move. But the corporates aren't thinking about all the little details. They're like, people like Agatha, let's get her, get more of her. They'll, they'll watch it. They don't care about the stories. I'm sorry, Disney, if you're watching. You, you care a little bit about the stories, but you definitely care about the money. I'll call you out on it. Oh, yeah. They care about they don't, they. I think they only care about money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but here's like, it's not, again, it's not like the idea of the series that I have a problem with. It's just the timing, right? As long as it makes sense, uh, I'll be happy. I'm just, I'm cautiously optimistic. As long as it makes sense. And as long as there's a story there, if they're just forcing a story on us, which is a couple of the series I think we've watched. I felt that way at times I felt, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier did that. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, did that. And, and I think that there was a couple other I think what what if did that sometimes where it was like it feels like this is just for us and I'd rather be I'd rather something that I don't like but makes sense for the story if that makes sense. You don't yes. need a pander to me like you were saying earlier. Yeah, pander yeah, to the exactly. story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else on on this topic? Yeah, I'm intrigued when it will start. I, again, I I love that they're giving this actress more uh, time. Because I know, like, I, there was a lot of story about her, her taking the role and how her kids, like, like a lot of it had to do with her kids and how she wanted to do something for them. Like, it was it was a cool thing. So, like, I'm excited for that part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let's move on to uh, a different conversation. This could be a little weird because we're going to talk about a movie that neither of us have seen, uh, which is interesting. Um, but listen, if you haven't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage... Um, we're going to talk about spoilers or, or at least one particular thing that happens in that um, that's worth talking about. So if you haven't seen it, honestly, you can just turn off the podcast at this point or you can skip ahead maybe five minutes to get to the recommendations if, if that's what you want to do. But ju just forewarning, we will spoil Venom here. Um, Tommy, do you want to set this up? Do you want to set up why this is worth talking about? Yeah, I mean, basically the end of the there's like a credit scene right and basically it confirms yeah. to me and i think to you that like venom's coming to the marvel universe which i don't know how people feel about that yeah look let me put it this way i hate venom one i haven't seen venom two so i, I like i'm there's not a whole lot i can say my i think my my issue with venom is i think they're trying to like do the deadpool thing like they need like a real funny comedic anti-hero um, and I just don't know that, like, like Deadpool, like, is such a specific thing that worked so well, and I don't know that it works as well with Venom. Um, so I'm interested to see where that is. So basically what it is, it's the mid credit scene of, of Venom. And look, I watched, like, the leaked video because, like, I, I didn't want to watch the movie, but I heard that the mid credit scene was important. 
And basically what I got from it was they basically saw like the news broadcast of uh, Peter Parker being revealed as Spider-Man. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is there. So that kind of breaks like the multiverse there as far as like uh, uh, Venom. I-, I guess Venom's canon at this point. Like, that makes Venom canon. And I-, I guess the big question is because there's a lot of legal battle between like the rights of Spider-Man. And I, I know Sony eventually will get Spider-Man back. So, like, I think the question for me at this point is, is Venom going to be in Far From Home, or is is this just setting up Tom Holland coming into that universe? Uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, or Tom Holland. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I cut all this out. I'm just thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think for me... I think he was always there. I do think we're going to see him in the, I think he's going to be part of the Sinister Six. That's my prediction as like the, maybe the one that's more morally on either side. I just don't think he fits. Like you already said, the, the Venom is, it, it doesn't feel like any of the other Marvel characters or Spider-Man villains. If you like literally took them up in a lineup and I know we're getting Doc Ock from a different, you, you know, different thing and all that. They're all going to be different. But even those, even the Tobey Maguire villains still felt like Marvel villains to a degree. Venom just doesn't. Yeah, it's a completely different vibe. And it doesn't work for me. I'm going to be a little more optimistic. Like, I, I, like uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I'm interested, if, guys, if, if, like, I want to hear your feedback as well. Like, what, what you make of this? Do you like Venom? Are you excited to see this crossover? Like, uh, it's, the, here's the thing the crossover's coming. I think the question is how. Um, and are we excited about it? So uh, I guess time will tell. Well, in like another small tangent, like I worry with all Sony properties, you know, uh, we already saw in the, the Morbius uh, trailer uh, a poster of Spider-Man, you know, being hated. So maybe this is why they're already existing. Mobius already exists. Uh, Venom already exists in this world. And so they already know that, you know, people are now anti-Spider-Man. Maybe that's we already saw it. They already, you know, teased it in Mobius and we didn't even know. Yep. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> we got a lot of, we got a lot of crazy stuff coming up. We're, we're on the precipice of like an entire multiversal shift in the Spider-Man universe. And I think it, I will say, I think it's an interesting way to like, kind of like, uh, I, it does feel like a bit to be like a solution to like some of the rights battles that they're having. So, um, I guess if you're gonna do that, if we're gonna, if we do lose Tom Holland at some point, maybe that. I guess this is the best way to do it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. all right, Tommy. Um, I'll let's move into recommendations here. Um, what what do you got for us? Mine is a a endorsement of one of your recommendations. I have. Let me. You let me... finally watched Black Summer. Yes. You got me. Yep. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. No, Michael. Maybe I will try it because your recommendations seem to be better than I thought. Uh, in the sense, I will get on my soapbox and admit and apologize to you, Michael O'Rear. I was wrong. Squid Games is not as scary as I thought it was. Uh, I'm only on episode three, so uh, please don't at me and, and ruin it for me. But I love it. Uh, I, I love the journey I'm on. I love a lot of the characters. Um, I love old man. They better keep it. I'm so, I, I need him protected at all costs. He's adorable and I need him in my life. 
so yeah, very excited to finish Squid Games. Yeah, Tommy, I know we we kind of talked we've we've meddled with the idea a little bit. We, there's a chance that we may be doing a Squid Games uh, bonus show in the future. So look, uh, if you're a Stark Warrior out there, this is a huge recommendation, and there might be some content coming from us about it. So um, I, big big wreck there. It's I mean it's really good. It's really really good. Should we hold a Stark Wars Squid Games where we just get all of our Stark Warriors, we bring them to a, a warrior house, you know? I mean, I'm down. That sounds fun. I, I want to compete in Squid Game. I just don't want to die. Well, I mean, I don't know if I can promise that, Michael. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see if I win. Better, you better win the games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, l- let me talk about a different uh, Netflix series here. This is a this is a one that I'm really excited about. Not quite finished with either, but I'm in love with it already. It's called Midnight Mass on Netflix, created by Mike Flanagan of the Haunting of Hill House fame. And look, I've uh, I'm only a couple episodes in, but I'm I'm willing to say it. I love Haunting of Hill House. I think it has some issues. Uh, I think the finale was not great. Um, but listen, I think Midnight Mass is already better than Haunting a Hill House. So look, if you're in that like spooky, it's October, baby. Halloween's coming up. If you're in the spooky vibe here, I highly recommend Midnight Mass. It's very creepy. Um, and uh, look, uh, I, I, it, b- big recommendation here. So watch that show. It's short, too. I think it's like six episodes. So Well, if it's creepy, I'm out. Yeah, Tommy doesn't like scary. <laughs> it's too scary. I get it. I get it. But it's October. I will you get on board yeah. scary things all month. I I move up my my scarometer. So like in October, I'll I'll tolerate some things that usually on other months I would not tolerate. Tommy, this is off topic, but I I need to know what is the scariest movie you've ever seen, or or like one that scared you specifically. I don't know. Uh, it follows was pretty scary. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, that's good. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I I like this is the thing. I mean, this is completely off track, but I uh, like horror. My biggest gripe is that usually with horror, it's a little too cheesy. Honestly, it's not even the scariness. It's the fact that like a lot of times it's just hokey, and the jump scares just get in. Like I do get jump scared. That's probably the most scared I get. Gore doesn't really do much for me. I'm actually not a, a squeamish person. It's mostly just the jump scares, and they they're so cheesy when they get me. I'm just like, you got me. You know, you can get me. And you're thrown it in my face to, to get this jump scare in there. So that's my problem with horror movies a lot of the time. That's why I like thrillers better. Like I like the psychological thriller, Science of the Lambs. Oh, I love that. Well, let me let me tack on. This is my next recommendation, um, Tommy. I'm sure you've seen some of these movies here, but I, again, I'm in the same boat. I don't like a lot of horror movies because that like they're not typically super well done. Like it's a genre that like is kind of uh, it's kind of they're kind of like video game movies. Like there's not a don't get me wrong i don't want to like there's a lot of great horror movies um but but there's also a lot of horror movies and i would say most of them are not great um with that being said i recommend a lot of the a24 horror movies uh hereditary midsummer um the witch uh these are these are like these are like uh prestige movies that like don't cheapen things with like loud music and jump scares so uh like genuine horror and i think that i think those are some of my favorite modern horror movies so all right, there's that tangent, Tommy. Um, we will. Uh, uh, anything? What, what, what else, what's going on in your world, Tommy? Is there any? Uh, you you guessed it on a podcast. You want to talk about yeah. that real quick? Yeah, I guess we should like promote things sometimes. Uh, 
Yeah, I've been kind of taking a break from uh, Declassified Survivor Guide, the podcast that we know. Uh, we finished the season finale, and that's been, you know, we're, we're taking a little bit of break. We're going to come back to it with season two, bigger and better than ever. And then I recently podcasted on my friend's podcast, who you've never been listened to, uh, Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. It's a really fun podcast by my friend Jess Sterling uh, and her co-host. And we talk about Boy Meets World. I've become obsessed with Boy Meets World. Because of them, because I had to watch it for a podcast. I came back, we discussed an episode about, uh, it's all about puberty, it's about cutting your hair. Man, it was right up my alley. I I did listen to the podcast, it's very funny. Um, I'm not a big Boy Meets World guy, but uh, if you just want to hear more from Tommy, it's good for that. Yeah, and they do great, they do a lot of 90s content. There's not just Boy Meets World, they cover Dawson's Creek, a bunch of other movies from 90s. I think they're in their spooky, I think they're covering Halloween Town 2. Uh, right now so definitely go check them out they're they're friends of the podcast tommy uh look uh, i don't know them but i would i've got some 90s movies i'd love to talk about if you want to put it in a recommendation for me that's all i, would, I would love to michael please like page master i don't even know page master but i'll send it to them <laughs> that's great uh, brave little toaster i love a good brave little to- when yeah. it goes to mars oh yeah, come on, come on. I would love to talk about that. Um, Forget Elon uh, Musk. Toaster already did it first. Exactly. Well, uh, come on, Elon. What are you doing? Uh, catch up. Uh, all right. I- I'm going to close this out here with a couple thank yous. A uh, big thank you to Aaron Robertson, who did our music to kick us off here, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. Uh, and I'd like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five stars. It helps the ego rhythm. I think that's the word I'm going to use from now on. I always call it ego or algorithm. I think it's the ego rhythm. Um, I also like to remind you guys to subscribe. Look, we we got some. I'll, I'll, I'll plug some of our stuff coming up. We're going to close out Visions coming soon, um, and then we're kind of hitting a higher hiatus in TV shows. But we do have Eternals in there. I think uh, we might talk about Disney Plus Day. Um, we might have a bonus show. You know, we we got a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, just hit subscribe, and we'll be here with you uh, every week. So. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Star Wars Pod, and ask us for a Discord link because we got a little Discord community going on, and uh, we'd love for you to join us. So uh, I think that's all we have for you guys. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye!